Leviticus, in this book Leviticus. may sound like it's about uh, the Levites, but that's actually from a translation, not from the Hebrew, but later on it was adopted. But the book is about God coming to the children of Jacob, the children of Israel, descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in the wilderness, in Mount Sinai, in teaching them the difference between what is holy and what is unholy, what is holy and what is profane. God coming and revealing His standard in Himself through His instruction, His Torah, as is one of the first five books. Pentateuch, the third book of Moses that he wrote there, not too much longer after he came out with Israelites out of Egypt. This is part of the instruction. And God's instruction emphasizes God's holiness, and that's what the book is about. Most of the book is relating to all of the people, not just the priests. And the emphasis here is on atonement. As we see the various types of offering sacrifices that God would tell the Israelites about, they didn't know about this before. But now he spells it out in detail. Step by step, he frees them out of slavery. He does miracles and wonders. He helps them through the test in the wilderness. He forgives their sin many times. When he keeps working with them, he comes on a Mount Sinai. Ten Commandments are given. The people commit idolatry and harlotry. And they suffer loss, but God continues to lead the people remain. And He gives further instruction on His nature, His character, and what He expects of them, and how they're supposed to be, because now they belong to God and not to the world not to the demonic systems of this world. So they need instruction as we need instruction. We see tremendous amounts of instruction from the Lord Jesus in the Gospels and throughout the Epistles and the rest of the New Testament on how we're supposed to live, otherwise we will not know what our inheritance is, what our calling is, the nature of our calling first and foremost regardless of the various types of calling that each one may have. Foundation is to be holy, first of all, separated unto God. We see the theme running here in Leviticus about consecration, following separation. There has to be a separation from sin. And that's what these offerings will provide for particularly the sin offering and the guilt offering. And then they will have the peace offering. And they will have the grain offering. They will have the burnt offering. In the first five chapters deal with each of these offerings or sacrifices. And two of them are mandatory that is the sin offering and the guilt offering, they must 
presented before the Lord. Otherwise, they'll be cut off. They need the sin to be dealt with, the guilt that is associated with that. And all of that is transferred onto the animals or the sacrifices they bring to the Lord. As the hands will be placed over the head of the animal, they would see their sin transferred to the animal temporarily. The animal cut off or destroyed, killed, temporarily taken away their sin. And after the sin offering and the guilt offering, then they can have the grain offering, the peace offering, the whole burnt offering. The burnt offering was a whole offering, as we'll read. Every part of the animal is to be burned. It uh, speaks of consecration. It says we've seen the theme in life training school, in Genesis particularly, the God separates us from what we used to be. We're no longer that way. We're in a brand new path, a whole different set of attitudes, desires, behavior, relationships, devotion to God. There's a separation, first of all, from the sin. In Leviticus, that's symbolized by the burnt offering. That is not the burnt offering, but the guilt offering and the sin offering. It has to be dealt with. After that, they can present that burnt offering, which is a whole offering of consecration, voluntary, to come and give ourselves, such as is written in Romans 12, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice in light of what Jesus did, as we see in Ephesians 5, he gave himself an offering for us. Just as these sacrifices would go up to God as a sweet-smelling aroma, it would please Him. Jesus did that. The Psalms is written, Lo, I come to do Your will, O God, and the volume of the book is written of me. Sacrifice and offerings You didn't desire, but a body You prepared for me. God was speaking prophetically that when Jesus would come, He would present himself as a perfect eternal sacrifice not a temporary sacrifice that had to be repeated constantly so many animals slaughtered so much bloodshed they kept going on and on and on because the people needed to be in that state of correct standing with God and they had to see that sin causes death and they need atonement they need atonement they need a substitute. This was impressed upon the people, particularly in this book. So it shows and highlights the absolute importance of our need for Jesus Christ as our substitutionary, atoning sacrifice. One who would take all of our sins and guilt. He would go outside of the camp and bear the punishment while we go free how consecrated we should be to God if God has sent Jesus to separate us from sin through his own personal sacrifice with his precious pure blood how we ought to know that he has decontaminated us purified us and we should not get contaminated again that's what consecration is once I decide to follow Jesus 
He becomes Lord of all. Everything I am and do becomes a reflection of who He is. And so the Lord says in Leviticus numerous times, you be holy because I am holy. We've come to Him. We're part of His family, not just a community of people that have been invited to attend an event, but we've literally become born again. We have His DNA. These people, children of Israel, were not born again. It wasn't available. But they did these things by faith in anticipation of God taking care of their problems. This problem is sin. And in all the prophetic pronouncements that Jesus would come one day, the Messiah, the Mashiach, would come one day. They didn't know when exactly until Daniel's prophecy much, much later. But they had a general idea of the foreshadow by the types through the sacrifices. Leviticus chapter 1. Leviticus chapter 1. I will go to the New Living, or I should say, yes, New Living Translation. The Lord called to Moses. Now this is the first of the five offerings. The burnt offering. It's not an order of the way in which they would come to God. If they had multiple offerings, they would take care of the sin first. And then the dedication, and then the fellowship, which represented the peace offering. And the thankfulness from the grain offering for all that God has done for us. Two mandatory and three voluntary. Sin and guilt offering were mandatory. The whole burnt offering, the peace offering, the grain offering, had to do with thankfulness and fellowship and dedication. We cannot dedicate or consecrate ourselves unless this sin problem is dealt with. No other religion has a comprehensive manner that is absolutely prophetic, progressively revealed. A beautiful fulfillment of our liberation from sin's tyranny. No other religion, no other philosophy can deal with the sin problem. As we see revealed in the living word of God, by the living God, in the Bible, the Holy Bible. Everything is captured here. Everything is laid out here. The procedures for the burnt offering. The Lord called to Moses, Leviticus chapter 1 verse 1, from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel, when you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. It's an offering to the Lord. This is not for guilt or sin. This is one of the voluntary offerings. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, 
It must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. The animal became a substitute. It died so that we can live. This is a temporary provision of God. And the temporary provision lasted some 15 centuries until the Lamb of God came who died in our place to purify us once and for all, forever, it says in the book of Hebrews, and who through the eternal spirit, through his sacrifice, purged us even to the level of our conscience so that God remembers none of our sins. Hallelujah. The people were taught how to approach God and what God's standards are and how it's very, very crucial that they get serious about this business of sin. And how much more believers should have nothing to do with, God, with, what is, with what is a rebellion against God. That's what sin is. It's a violation, a rebellion against God. It's unholiness. Everything God is not. And so we have nothing to do with that. And the character of sin is the character of Satan. So the Lord said he has been sinning from the beginning, Jesus said. No wonder when the child of God is born again, becomes a child of God, when a human being is born again, that seed that is within that person overtakes sin. And what the Lord allowed the writer to the Psalms to say is, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sin. Let no sin have dominion over me, Lord. The Lord said later on in the book of Romans, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because some things have transpired. Eternally significant things since Jesus came. He died on the cross not only to save us from the penalty of sin, but what the law couldn't do. His death provided atonement and the power to conquer sin. Hallelujah. So that we can offer ourselves a living pure sacrifice. Unthinkable. To what extent God had already planned in eternity past. But the prophets were privileged to get a revelation and a glimpse here and there. And so it's recorded in the history of the Bible all the way from Adam down to the time of the people of God during the prophet Malachi. Thousands of years. In the new revelation, the new covenant, we have all of the privileges. So much so that we couldn't realize possibly the depth of that significance and have the full motivation to be all that God wants us to be without this study in the book of Leviticus, without reading the Old Testament. 
this animal had to be a male with no defects. And that physical act of laying on the hand was accepted by God and instructed by God so people can see this innocent animal is being slaughtered because of my sin. Another animal, another animal, another animal. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of animals continually slaughtered. That's how deadly sin is and that's how it can separate us from God. It has to be dealt with and causes death. The wages of sin the Bible says in the New Testament in Romans the wages of sin is death sin always leads to death verse 4 again lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you making you right with him this making one right with God is a temporal provision we must remember only when Jesus came did the eternal permanent solution come. Hallelujah. But they were justified under the system. And that's why the Lord says, this will make you right with them as you continue to do it by faith. By faith. God's mercy is leading me and instructing me to follow a certain protocol. These Israelites would not. As I did it, just like the covenant by circumcision. It's something God instituted, and as they followed by faith and obedience, they were in right standing with God. Until Jesus came to complete all of the plan of salvation that was progressively revealed, ultimately fulfilled in Jesus who became the Lamb of God without blemish perfect sacrifice verse 5 then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence and Aaron's sons the priests would present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water even in the presentation of the sacrifice there's a certain procedure to make sure it is acceptable and part of that prerequisite was that the internal organs and legs must first be washed with water take away that which would associate legs with the feet or the hoofs and the dirt and the pollution and the putridness of that which is inside the body 
Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, it may be either a sheep or a goat. Can you imagine yourself living at the time of the writing of the book of Leviticus? Getting these instructions for the first time. Taking careful note. This is what the Lord said. Okay, if you're going to give a burnt offering, this is how it should be. You're supposed to get a male with that defect. Inspect that. And then this is exactly the way the priest, once you lay your hand on the head of the animal, you understand your guilt, your sin is being transferred. Then the priest would have to arrange it in a particular way and treat it in a particular way before it can be offered. They think, okay, so it can be from the flock, it can be from the herd. And it's supposed to be done on a certain side of the altar. The north side of the altar. It should be, if it would enter the tabernacle or face the door of the tabernacle to the right, the right side of the altar. It's a slaughter. This animal, if you take it from your flock as well, sheep or goat, male without defect, slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence. And Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter his blood against all sides of the altar. It was a total sacrifice. Then cut the animal in pieces and the priests will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat. The head representing the strength of that animal as far as its being its character all of that coming from the brain representing the animal and the fat representing that which is rich and best on the wood burning on the altar verse 13 but the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. How many believers have ever read this and understood the step-by-step procedure, the intricate procedure? They had to be repeated in a whole book of instruction. And what? The thing that matters most. For us also, how to get right with God, how to get rid of this thing that causes death and separation. What's the use of doing other ceremonies such as Christians do today? The Jews could have said, well, we can celebrate this feast and that feast and we can do all of this stuff and as believers do different things, tithes and offerings perhaps and attend church and be part of this group and that group and even evangelize and do mission trips. What's the use? Unless I'm made right with God, first of all. Everything is in vain. It's a big deception. And so if we are purified through the sacrifice, then we can dedicate ourselves or consecrate ourselves. 
being separated from sin and sinful things. And then I can continue in that to its perfect fulfillment. I can have fellowship with God, persevere in that, be perfected in that because of His presence. His presence will not be with anyone who is not separated from sin altogether. It's impossible. Because He says, be holy for I am holy. You're supposed to be holy people. If you're not, I don't know you. But if I am made right through this substitutionary sacrifice, atoning for my sins, that is make, making payment, fulfilling the requirement, the substitute in my place, the animal dies, I go free under this law, under the new covenant. Jesus died outside the camp for my sins. I'm free eternally. To dedicate my life to Him now, now that I'm clean, by His precious blood. And then persevere or be perfected in that, continue in that until the end. I have to persevere. The people had their sins dealt with. They found out, these Israelites, how to approach God and what needs to be taken care of first. Then we can talk about the grain offering, the peace offering, the whole burnt offering. Although that order is not given here. He starts with the whole burnt offering. And then the Israelites were expected to continue to obey God's word, persevere, and be perfected in that waiting upon God for His Messiah, whether they were alive to see it or not. Under the old covenant, Simeon and Anna were waiting. They were very old. They got to see the fulfillment of all of these sacrifices. Everything God pronounced under the old law. They got to see a child that would fulfill everything in their tremendous eager worship to God for being allowed to see the Messiah. But almost everyone else including Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Samuel, Daniel. All of these people had to believe by faith that God would send the Messiah to take care of the sin problem once and for all. And they persevered in obedience. They were justified by their faith. If you present a bird as a burnt offering to the Lord, choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon, verse 14 of Leviticus 1. The priest will take the bird to the altar, wring off its head, cut off its head, and burn it on the altar. But first he must drain its blood against the side of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop and the feathers and throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. That would be salt in our directionality if we're entering 
thinking that the tabernacle is north is actually east the door but it would be at the first approach to the altar that side the east side then grasping the bird by its wings the priest will tear the bird open but without tearing it apart then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar it is a special gift a pleasing aroma to the Lord his ability to bring something of lesser value is a provision God made so everybody can bring something and this had a particular procedure And God has certain ways of doing things. And as I mentioned about the priest, or the high priest's robe, not every detail is explicitly stated as to what it symbolizes. And we cannot find it, even if we read the whole scriptures, face value. But God can give it by revelation. And in this case, as far as the different sacrifices here with the bull with the goat or sheep and with the birds we don't always know exactly why God said to do a certain thing to a certain animal but as we read, we can see that certainly the fat, the head, the washing, it all makes sense because it's supposed to be the best of the Lord. The bird will be so small that God didn't want that to be torn apart. And God's understanding and His requirement, it should not be torn apart but the priest should handle a certain way. The main point here is that in order for it to be an aroma pleasing to the Lord, it has to be done by faith and exactly as God said it. And so, in our lives as believers, we're called to offer to God as we know from the song God gave Pastor Ross, especially not just any sacrifice but a pleasing sacrifice a perfect sacrifice meaning a sacrifice that is exactly according to God's heart and we're able to do that with our lives but as we read through Leviticus we'll see how detailed it was God was very particular about how to do it because He's a holy God. They had to know the price that had to be paid for their sins and will be paid by Jesus later on. Now carefully they ought to live to walk in that holiness purchased for them. They couldn't work it up. They could not become holy all by themselves. It required this blood to make an atonement to wash them clean. Revelation 1.5 says, Unto him who loved us, and washed us 
in his own blood. It wasn't the blood of a bird, a turtle dove. It wasn't the blood of a bull or a sheep. It was the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He washed us. Because of that, we're given a garment of righteousness. And we're called to be holy because he's holy. And the Apostle Peter reiterates that. And we'll find that the Lord Jesus himself quotes Leviticus when he talks about the commandments later on. Very important. Every word of God is God-breathed. We need to read it and the Holy Spirit will help us to continue to understand the foundation that God wants to lay so that we can know the riches that we have and we will be motivated and have the fear of God to maintain and keep this treasure Salvation so rich. Work it out with fear and trembling. And persevere in it. Being separated from sin by God's sacrifice in His Son. By giving, being given an opportunity to dedicate ourselves to become the golden cup in His hand. To be yielded to do His will. And then to persevere in obedience to be perfected. enter heaven and live with God forever the tabernacle was set up now they were told how to approach the presence of God in the tabernacle how to maintain that relationship and fellowship and further not just to atone for the sin which is the main thing but God says how you can get even nearer to me how you can have fellowship with me through the peace offering, the grain offering and the whole burnt offering having the sin and guilt dealt with hallelujah shall we pray glorious father we thank you thank you lord thank you lord for your truth lord I pray that it would work wonders within us lord we would get to know you even better lord and appreciate and be in awe of your goodness to us that we should be alive in this generation, recipients of God's eternal grace, called to be holy people, show others who you are through our lives, to identify with your death, Lord, crucified with Christ, nevertheless living, because you live in us, the one who loved us and gave yourself for us. Thank you, gracious Redeemer. I pray that your mighty power will be unleashed, Lord, against all enemies, O God. And all that Satan tries to do to take away the joy and peace that we have, the freedom that we have, the relationship and fellowship we have, the power we have with the living God. And curse every power of demon and the devil in Jesus' mighty name. Every power of hell. In Jesus' mighty name. And curse every power of Satan trying to Remove God's people from the understanding of your holy word, which is life to us. Because every power of evil that comes against us to assault us, to trouble us, curse it in Jesus' name. Your holy atoning blood, Lord, cover every one of us from head to toe and help us to walk in the victory that you purchased for us on the cross. 
costly victory, inestimable worth, Lord. Inestimable worth. Your own precious blood, my Lord, my God. And thank you, Lord. Oh, God, order the steps today of your people. Lord, that we may make your heart glad in me. Your glory may rest upon his Father. Give deliverance, Father, and healing to people that pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen.